here's a message from Ken Lavica. In the NFL, you play to win. Period. It's no time to be conservative. In 2021, you go for it, you play hard, you play aggressive, and if you don't get it, you come back and it makes you better. Flat out, period, exclamation mark. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. Gets it. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Boy, some of you out there are just flat out gutless. You talk about how you want teams to be aggressive and how you've got to play hard and it's got to be physical and you got to bring it at the opponent. And then as soon as a football team has that opportunity and they fall short, a lot of you are, oh, I told you so. You just got to cut your losses. And that brings us to the tale of the Los Angeles Chargers. Some of you football people, some of you meatballs are damn hypocrites. A lot of you, and I'm calling you out today. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, Friday edition in the Anna John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of uh, the warm but seasonably comfortable intracoastal. Speaking of comfortable, my man Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He's going to bring us through this experience over the next hour. Uh, and uh, you, you know when you, you get to a point of, of the holiday season, I suppose, but it gets to the end of the year and things get hectic, not only at home, but also in your professional life. And everyone's like, oh, could you do this and do this? And hey, we need this done and this needs to happen because everybody's panicking because there's going to be a deadline. Folks, we're at that place, okay? So if... Uh, if I sound a little edgy today, there's a reason for it, but we progress, all right? Last night was one of the most fun NFL games, for better and worse, that you're going to find. Now, this does not count the, the terrifying head injury to uh, the Chargers' tight end Parham last night, who is rolled off the field and appeared to be... And again, I don't know this to be fact. I'm not going to pull a Joe Buck last night and speculate that he was cold because the L.A. weather was chilly. But his arms were, were, were pretty much had to be strapped down. They were fully flexed as he, as he suffered a head injury, a non-contact head injury after falling to the turf in the end zone in the first half and hit his head hard. I mean the back of his head hard on the turf there in L.A., and he appeared to be seizing, or at least his arms making a seizing motion, and it was scary. So that was not a good part of last night, and he is still in stable condition, apparently, at UCLA Medical Center in Los Angeles. Now, there was a lot of fun, though, in this game. You had two elite quarterbacks just throwing haymakers at one another. You had two defenses that at times were humbling these two outstanding quarterbacks you had two of the best teams not only in the AFC West not only in the AFC but in the NFL period going head to head and trading shots last night was awesome it was fun and it was twists and it was turns and it was decisions that made you scratch your head it was also decisions that made you respect what these coaches were trying to do and there was a lot of focus today on the LA Chargers Leaving points on the field in an overtime loss, 34-28 to the Chiefs. That gives KC the red carpet to win the AFC West. The Chargers now are in some trouble. They'll make the postseason in all likelihood, but they're probably not going to win the division any longer. The Chargers last night were stopped on fourth down twice inside the five-yard line of Kansas City, including the final play of the first half on a fourth and one. They were stopped on third down three different occasions last night. So if you want to think about it in its most minimal terms, that best case scenario is nine points left on the field. Okay? You could have kicked three field goals. That likely wins you the game when all is said and done. The Chargers also at one point fumbled inside the five as well a fumble that was recovered 
by Kansas City. So there's another potential field goal there. You're not doing that. That fumble happened on second down. You're not kicking a field goal in that spot. But stopped on fourth down inside the five on two different occasions. Stopped on fourth down three different times in the game. That third one was in field goal range. And so, of course, Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, is getting a lot of heat today. How could you not kick a field goal? How could you at least not one of those kick a field goal? Two of those kick a field goal. What are you thinking? You cost your team the game. That's absolutely miserable. You're the reason that your team's not going to win the AFC West. Brandon Staley's not, not going to take any of that. You know what he did after the game? He basically threw up a verbal middle finger to all of you that think that kicking field goals against the Chiefs is the way to win. That in 2021, the way to win in the NFL is to go conservative. That in 2021, when you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback, a key to success is to bring out the kicker and take your quarterback off the field. Brandon Staley is having none of your nonsense. And here's what Brandon Staley had to say about going for it on fourth down over and over and over again last night. That's the way we're going to play around here. That's the way we're going to play. And, um, you know, when we have a quarterback like ours and we have an offense like ours, that's the way we're going to play because that's how you need to play against Kansas City for sure. Um, And that's how uh, we're going to become the team that we're ultimately capable of being is is by playing that way. And, um, you know, uh, I'm really proud of our guys. I thought like we competed like champions today. Um, and they made a couple more plays in the fourth quarter and in overtime than we did. But I felt like our guys laid it on the line tonight, and I'm very, very proud of them for that. Mother bleeping right. Damn right. That's the way we're going to play against that team with this quarterback that we have. How damned refreshing is that? The Chargers may have lost, but they have a new fan. And it's me. Brandon Staley rules. That's as good as it gets. Because you want to know what? Kicking field goals against the Chiefs, that's soft. You want to know who's learned lessons over and over and over and over and over again about going conservative against the Chiefs? Every team in the AFC West. The Tennessee Titans. The Houston Texans, all teams that the Chiefs fell behind big time on the scoreboard in playoff games only to storm back and dominate both those teams and advance. You don't kick field goals to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, but, but Ken, they're diminished. Uh, no, because now they're 10-4. and four. And now they're all alone in first place in the AFC West. And they look very much like the team that went to the Super Bowl last year and won the Super Bowl two years ago. Kicking field goals, it's not where it's at, especially against the Chiefs. Brandon Staley coached to win last night. His decisions may have contributed to the Chargers' loss, But make no mistake, that's coaching to win what Brandon Staley did last night. His team lost in overtime, but that guy's a winner. And he has winner players. And it makes your winner players feel like winners when your coach says, I have unequivocal trust in you. That's how you coach. And in a week where we had the dope in Jacksonville get run off, And players saying yesterday, we need a coach who listens to us, the players. That's a problem. That's a problem when players don't have a voice. And on the same day we heard Jaguars players saying that, that they didn't have a voice, you're going to criticize a coach for putting the utmost trust in his team to convert in high percentage situations? Brother, sister, you're conflicted. And you're a hypocrite. You're a football hypocrite. Brandon Staley's a winner. The Chargers, that's winning football. 
You do that now, you get into the playoffs, you start going for it on fourth down, you beat teams into submission. The Chargers are a flat-out problem, and they showed it last night. They may have come up short. Things might not have gone well on fourth down against a pretty elite emerging defense in Kansas City, but that was big time from the Chargers. In fact, I'd argue the Chargers' defense should be blamed more for the loss last night than Brandon Staley. Giving up big plays at inopportune times. You intercept Patrick Mahomes at the one-yard line. You finally punch it in inside the five. You score a touchdown. What happens? You let Travis Kelsey leak free on a third down for a 69-yard gain down to the one. Not nice if you're the Chargers. Kansas City would cash in, and Kansas City would cash in on the two-point conversion. Overtime. That touchdown that won it, I mean, that's atrocious tackling. That's atrocious defense. There's no excuse for that. The Chargers' defense, just as much to blame as the Chargers not going for, or not making it on third down. On fourth down, I should say, three different times and twice inside the five. The fourth down failures, not the biggest reason why the Chargers lost last night. In fact, that's winter football. What was the biggest reason the Chargers lost last night? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. What was the biggest reason the Chargers lost last night? I will fight to the death that it wasn't the fourth down decisions. The fourth down execution? Maybe. The fourth down decisions? Uh-uh. If you with Justin Herbert can't get it on fourth and one from the one to end the first half, hat tip. Hat tip to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's just how it is. And you move on. And the Chargers moved on. And they did take the lead. And they had the lead with 2.36 left. And then the Chargers' leaky defense struck again. That has nothing to do with fourth down. What a breath of fresh air Brandon Staley is. I, I mean, I, I love that. I love that. That's the way we're going to do it around here. We're going to go forward on fourth down. And you have the olds like Keyshawn Johnson, who you hear every day 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. They immediately want to blame analytics because they don't want to bother to understand analytics. We see it a lot in baseball. And I'm, I'm terrible at math, okay? And there are a lot of baseball analytics that I don't quite understand. But me, dopey me, I'm not going to fight numerals. Numbers tell a story. Numbers tell facts. Numbers exhibit trends. Oh, but it's about feel. Feels garbage. Feels nonsense. It's not tangible. It's not real. It doesn't exist. We make it up to make us feel better about not understanding the numerical part of sports. Oh, analytics. Analytics are, are, are ruining the game. Uh, the, the, the Chargers got failed by analytics. Every time in football, teams don't succeed because they go for it on fourth down. In spots where 20 years ago it was automatically send out the kicker, 10 years ago it was automatically send out the kicker. See? Analytics don't work. And Keyshawn Johnson tried to go the football senior citizen route today as well, right here on ESPN 106.3. Maybe I'm old. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I look damn good, but maybe I'm just <laughs> old. And in the end, these analytics and this whole thing has gotten in the way of the way you're supposed to manage a football game. And when I played, that would have never happened. We go for it on fourth down maybe once, maybe twice, but we're talking fourth and inches, fourth and one. Otherwise, we getting ready to kick the field goal and take the points. Okay. Okay. Keyshawn, in New York, how many Super Bowls did you win? Zero. Okay, Brad Johnson was your quarterback in Tampa. That's why he kicked field goals. 
Yeah, you manage the game. Brandon Staley coached to win the game last night against the Chiefs. Just flat out did. Okay? Did they come up short? Yes. Does that mean that the decisions weren't correct? No. And fine, let's focus on analytics for a second. Let's focus on analytics for a second. Every single analytic suggested that the Chargers should go for it on fourth down inside the five in those moments. Okay? Analytics showed that that was the right decision. Okay? So, the analytics, the analytics had nothing to do with this. Because if you want to go on analytics, Keyshawn Johnson, and yeah, you, you, look, you look damn good. But yes, you are old. You're a football senior citizen. The analytics suggested Brandon Staley did make the right decision. He did. He flat out did. But let's go past the analytics. Because again, that's lazy. That's lazy. Oh, the, the analytics. The analytics. They, they screwed up the, the feel of the game. What is the feel of the game? That's so stupid. The feel of the game. What is that even? Artificial turf is scratchy on your skin? The feel of the game. It's so lame. This is common sense. Justin Herbert is your quarterback. Keenan Allen is his top target. Okay? If you can't convert a fourth and one, a fourth and goal from the three, a fourth and two... You know what? Well done, Chiefs. But you ain't beating the Chiefs regularly if you can't get into a shootout with them and succeed. You get aggressive. And when you have those weapons and you trust those weapons, common sense, forget the numbers, common sense dictates, hell yeah, we're going for it. Why would I hesitate on that? And this wasn't one of those things where Staley brought over the offense and they sort of tried to decide and then he sent him back out. No, 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 no. There was never one step towards the sideline by anybody. I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. That's common sense when you have that. The Dolphins can't do that because they don't have an offensive line that's going to be able to protect Tua to convert on fourth downs in unconventional moments based on what we know football to be in big games. The Chargers absolutely can do that and should do that. So forget using analytics as a crutch for you to try and diminish statistical fact. And just because something's played different now doesn't mean that it's wrong. The Chiefs out-executed the Chargers on fourth down. The Chargers still should have won the game. Both of those things can be true. The fourth down execution may have failed, but Brandon Staley's decisions were winning decisions. Both things can be true. Brandon Staley... And the decisions to go for it on fourth down didn't lose the Chargers the game. The Chargers' inopportune defensive mistakes lost them the game. The Chiefs being an outstanding defense lost the Chargers the game. Justin Herbert still not being yet at Patrick Mahomes' level lost them the game. The Chiefs being a better team than the Chargers at this juncture lost them the game. Look out for the Chargers, though, by the way, in the postseason. Why did the Chargers lose last night? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Hit us up on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Patrick is in Jupiter, and Patrick is on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Patrick? Not much, dude. First off, if you don't like Brandon Staley going for it on every fourth down, I don't want to watch football with you on Sunday. Yep. That was the most... That's the most exciting football game that we've had all season of him just going for it and going for it. And then also, one of those fourth downs would have been a touchdown if Parham didn't suffer that outrageous injury that he got. Think about how freak that injury was. The play was there. He was open. And he he ended up... It was perfect. It was perfect. And then, we've... I mean, I don't know the last time. I was trying to think about it, Patrick. When's the last time we've seen such what appears to be severe head injury where there's no contact involved? Like, that was straight up whiplash, back of head on turf. That was... That whole thing was just bizarre. That's just one of those things where you say... Uh, the the universe is not aligned. That I, what what can you do, right? Exactly. So realistically, they only lost. They only lost. I'm not even going to say that they lost that fourth down. They won that fourth down, except for uh, you know God Himself 
reaching yeah. down and making there, that There was legitimately happen, a higher you know? power. Yeah, and, and Patrick, to your initial point, if you don't like that kind of football, you're right. I, what are what are you doing watching the the NFL? I, I don't know. Go watch. I, I don't know. Like uh, go watch chess, chess, badminton, and no offense to those who may love those <laughs> games, but like I'm with you. That game was exciting as hell last night, and appreciate the call. Is there anybody who watched that game last night who thought to themselves, "Huh, that was fun," but you know what? They, it was missing some field goal attempts. If you're that person, go find another hobby. Uh, pray that the lockout ends in baseball, because that's more your speed. That That's more your deal, okay? Kevin's in Lake Worth. Kevin, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, Kev. Hey, Ken. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you, because I, I'm not saying it wasn't exciting. I'm not saying it, was a, it wasn't a fun game to watch, mm-hmm. but it absolutely cost them the game, because, look, as much as I hey, – all credit to Brandon Staley. He was trying to win the game, but you don't win the game in the first quarter. You win it in the fourth quarter. And all those times they got stopped, analytics tells us every time they got stopped, it cost them the game. It's simple math. Now, I understand, you know, he has Justin Herbert, he has Keenan Allen, he has all these weapons. He has all those weapons the entire game. So did he think on that first drive that they were never going to get back into the red zone? Do they think that they were never going to score again against the Chiefs? I think that's fair. I mean, let's but let's also look at it now from a just from a, a relationship <sighs> standpoint, coach to players. Okay, and like I was discussing with Urban, did you see? I don't know if you saw how many Jaguars players hit the podium yesterday and were just subtly taking shots at Urban. I mean, Shaquem Griffin came out and said, "Now we have uh, we need a coach who's going to listen to the player." And so last night, here's how this applies. Yes, they failed last night. And you are right. Analytics, the ultimate analytic is the score. And there were points that were left on the field. So I'm not arguing that. But what I'm saying is that this is something, the trust factor, when you get into the postseason and you need to make a big play, the fact that Brandon Staley has already put these guys in this position, I think they're at an inherent advantage in the biggest moments of the postseason because, in part, of what he showed last night, the trust he showed in those guys. Yeah, but he's showing trust in the offense, but he should have also, he needs to show trust in the defense because the Chargers were the better team last night by far throughout the entire game because the defense was making plays. And it wasn't until the defense was out on the field all the time in the fourth quarter because they kept going for it and and the Chiefs were able to have some string string along some drives. But it goes two ways. You have to show trust in your offense, but you got to show trust in your defense. And trust your offense to know that they're going to keep going and keep getting into the red zone to get these points. It was definitely lessons learned, and appreciate the call, Kevin. The Chargers learned a lot of lessons last night. They did. But I'm going to fight the thought that the Chargers were the, the, the better team last night. The Chargers had spurts where they looked like the better team, but in the fourth quarter... The better team was Kansas City. The Chiefs were the better team. And I think we're looking too far into this. I think we're looking too deep into this. The Chiefs have the experience. They have the system. They have the ability. We know that. They have the style. And this is three years now, four years now. Hey, come stop us. They know their system. They know their personnel. They know they can execute. And they have Patrick Mahomes. That, I think, is more to blame for the Chargers' loss than winning decisions to go for it on fourth down. Again, it is so easy to Friday morning quarterback this thing and just say, oh, see, that's why you don't go for it on fourth down. That's the easiest thing to do in sports. Why do you think I make a paycheck? Because it's easy for me to be reactionary to everything. It's easy. Oh, I shouldn't have taken a three there. Take a higher percentage shot. Ah, should have gone to the bullpen earlier. Ah, shouldn't have gone for it on fourth down. Folks, that's how I get paid. Okay? And this is easy. Our sponsors are putting money towards the station because, hey, people listen because Ken's being reactionary. It's easy to do that. But you also... 
just have to use your brain a little bit too. I'm not saying that 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 you're an idiot if you don't agree with me. I would never say that unless, well, it depends on the topic, but not here. But also, on fourth down, with those weapons, you're entrusting your players. It's sort of common sense. Fourth and one, fourth and goal from the one, final play, first half. Yes, yes. And again, that, that throw to the end zone, Parham when he hurt himself, that was a touchdown. That was a touchdown. That was a really good play design and throw. Should have been a touchdown, okay? Again, it's just so easy, though, to be, to, oh, see, shouldn't have gone for it. Against the Chiefs, too many teams have learned their lesson trying to be conservative in opportune moments. And Brandon Staley's game plan last night was, you know what? We're going full bore. Do or die. And I appreciate that. Mike's in Wellington. Mike, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ken, I 100% agree with you. When you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, you play aggressive, you play dirty football, and you go for it. That was one of the best games of the year so far that I saw last night. And the only reason why the Chargers lost was because Kansas City picked the correct side of that coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 exactly. everybody needs to, and everybody needs to watch out for Justin the Stud Herbert because that's <laughs> who that kid is. That kid's a rock star. He's a big boy. He's going to have a great future Man. in this league. And I really think he gave the Chiefs a run for their money. And I think the, I think the Chiefs should be a little worried. Yes. That's just my take, Ken. I, I agree with you. Thanks no, for taking my call. Yeah, you, I appreciate you, Mike. Yes, yes. Justin Herbert put the Chiefs on notice last night unequivocally put the Chiefs on notice last night. And I'm a big Tua guy. I love Tua. You guys know that. A lot of you who listen most days or every day, you know that. But Jesus bleeping bleep. Justin Herbert rules, man. He just rules so much ass. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Why did the Chargers lose last night? I don't think it's the fourth down decisions from Brandon Staley. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We're going to hit up social media at ESPN West Palm. Get your replies when we come back. We got some weekend warriors later on. Not now. Later on in the show. And a whole lot to do until 1 o'clock. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Man, all this time I've spent being anti-chargers because of the Tua versus Herbert battle. That was fun last night. And I left that game legitimately feeling disappointed for the Chargers. I just love the way Brandon Staley approached it. I want my coach to go for it. Not just on fourth down, but I'm talking about all around. Just go for it. That was a, that was a, a division championship game. Go for it. Go for it. And the Chargers lost, but I think they also come out of there with a lot of people saying, holy hell, they're dangerous. Last night's not the end of the world for the Chargers. And it shouldn't mean that Brandon Staley suddenly gets hesitant or gets cold feet if presented similar situations here moving forward and then into the postseason as well. It should not mean that at all. Let's get into our bright line, fine line here on Ken LeVick Alive before we get back to the phones. And I want you to check out this line. The Jaguars are a five-point favorite over the Texans on Sunday. That's right. The Jacksonville Jaguars, them of now former head coach Urban Meyer, a five-point favorite, okay? So, the last 81 games the Jacksonville Jaguars have played, so this is 2017 to now, uh, they are uh, really, 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 well, bad. Total of 10 games that they've been favored by five or more points in the past 81 games, okay? 10 games they've been favored by five or more 12% of the last 81 games, they've been favored by five or more points. Now, out of those 10 games being favored by five or more, they've lost four of those five, okay? One of those losses to the Texans earlier this season. So, again, the Jaguars are a five-point favorite against the Texans. The fine line, the bright line fine line, the Texans as the five-point dog. They've already beaten the Jaguars this season. I'm not sure 
why Vegas, myself in Friday Night Lights, not sure why Vegas is trying to give the Jaguars the urban bump, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. The Jaguars are not five points better than the Texans. The Texans, by the way, 7-0 in their last seven games against Jacksonville. The Texans are 5-1 in their last six road games against the Jaguars. All of those things don't add up to the Jaguars being a five-point favorite, and that's why our bright line, fine line, is the Texans plus five this weekend. Brightline Fine Line presented by Brightline. Back and better than ever. Brightline is back. You've seen the yellow trains. New restaurant station upgrades. Their new Brightline Plus service gets you to and from stations going car-free, care-free in South Florida. It's easier than ever. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because a lot of people have moved to South Florida or the snowbirds have really flocked down here. Traffic over the last two and a half weeks, especially weekday evenings, has been miserable. I mean soul-crushing. I mean, I might need to move to, like, Georgia or something. It sucks. So take the train, okay? It's quick. Brightline trains run daily between Miami, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale. Wildly convenient, and for a limited time, your first ride is free. Head to GoBrightline.com or download the free Brightline app to redeem your free ride. Also, Holiday time all December at Brightline. Put on your PJs, take a magical ride on the Polar Express to see Miami Central Station transformed into a winter wonderland. Make an afternoon of it here in West Palm. Go to the Brightline Station, head south, go to Miami Central Station, have some fun, enjoy all that they have to offer, and then head back up to West Palm. It's easy. All Brightline guests can enjoy seasonal surprises at the station, including an ice skating rink, holiday markets with unique gifts from local makers, and festive cocktails and treats at Brightline's new bar, Mary Mary. There's something for everyone. Make it a family afternoon. Book your ride at GoBrightline.com today. Make your holiday season the brightest one yet. GoBrightline.com. That's Brightline. Why did the Chargers lose last night? I don't think it's the fourth down decisions. I think it's more the Chiefs deserve some credit for winning that game last night. Some leaky Chargers defense deserves blame for losing last night, but the decisions to go for it on fourth down, twice failing inside the five, another well into field goal range, I like those. That's aggressive. Those are winning decisions from a confident coach who trusts his weapons. Why did the Chargers lose last night? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to beautiful Delray, and that's where we find Dave. What's up, Dave? How you doing? Uh, good afternoon. The Chargers lost uh, for several reasons. I agree with you. The secondary at the end of the game. I mean, they're letting uh, Kelsey run free. I felt the uh, Kansas City secondary was a little tighter towards the end. I do have a couple of points I'd like to bring up about the game. Sure, sure. The first fourth down, I like it. The second fourth down is fourth and three. You know, you can talk. What are they? What's that uh, thing that everyone uses now to uh, to make decisions? What's the term again? Oh, uh, well, the the uh, they've got the chart. I can't remember exactly. What yeah, they... yeah, yeah. Okay, but um, you know, every fourth down isn't the same. Fourth and sure. three. A big thing with the Chargers is the Chargers don't have a power running game. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm fourth and two, fourth and three, I got a guy barreling down there. I know Eckler scored a lot. Yeah, but um, that, to me, that's a big thing. I would have gone. This is hindsight. At the time of the game, I have said, you know, kick the field goal, go in, seven-point lead at halftime. You still got the momentum. You're sure. looking for the big momentum sure. for the, you know, for the touchdown. But a field goal is better than nothing. And you go up 17-10, and the guys still feel good because they got the turnover late, and they go up a touchdown. One thing no one touched on last night, you know, you're talking about the guy rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers are up one late. They score. They're up seven. Why not go for two? Yes, I thought the same You go thing. for two? Yes. You go, you're up two scores. Dave, I thought... You don't... You don't Dave, I am ahead, 100% sorry. on board with you with that. That crossed my mind why they didn't actually do that. It's and I no lose. It's exactly. And, man, I am so glad because I actually forgot about it putting together the show today. You're right. As I'm laying there in bed watching this, I did legitimately think, wait, why Why didn't... They've gone for fourth down so many times. Why didn't they just go for two there? That might have been the most like sure thing decision because you're right. There's really no downside there. No, and then you're up two scores. Kansas City goes down drives, goes to overtime. Whoever wins the coin flip, well, I mean, the Chargers won the coin flip. It's kind of surprising and do anything with it. But, um, yeah, I- I'm watching. I'm like, okay, Mr. Gambler, I-, I like the guy. I mean, yeah. if it's my team, I like those decisions. 
But there's a perfect opportunity. Okay. This is almost a no-lose situation. You don't get it, you're still up seven. That you is get a it, great... you're up two scores. Totally. I, you, Dave, that is a great call and appreciate it. Yes, you go up seven. Why, why didn't they go for two? That's so good. Dave's right. And as I'm laying there last night, it crossed my mind, of course, that would be a good spot to do it. Because then, even if the Chiefs come down and score, you're going to put the pressure on them to consider going for two. Get your defense on the field. That works. I like it. That's a good call, Dave. That's a good call. Brandon Staley is going to do this fourth down thing. That seemed like, if you want to look at the analytics, that seemed like the place where you absolutely go for two. That is that is well, well said. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Mike is in Jupiter. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ken. Um, I just think that there's a fine line between being super aggressive, we're going to go for it every time guy, and just being reckless. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one thing to go for it inside the red zone on, you know, fourth and goal from inside the one. It's another thing to go for it when you're at, like, the five-yard line like you did the first time. I just think there's too many variables that can happen. Guys can catch the ball and fall down and hit their head and drop it. You know, too many things can happen. Just go for it every time like he does. Uh, let, let me, and this is, this is me just purely asking. So for your football sensibilities, when, when do you think that fourth down is a, uh, is a good idea then? Just if, you, if you're watching and you say, yeah, this is smart. This is when they should actually do that. I didn't think he should have went for it the first one. I think it was like fourth and goal from the five yeah. or like yeah. just inside the five. Yep. I thought he should have took the field goal that time. I, I, I'm good with it being aggressive, and I want my coach to be I'm a Dolphins fan, you know, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I like aggressive calls and everything like that. I, I like my team trying to win, but I think there's a fine line between being reckless and being aggressive. And just like you don't want your team to be always conservative, you can't have them always being aggressive. Sometimes you can, being conservative is the right thing to do. Yeah, and appreciate the call. I, I have seen some folks on social media who have said it sort of felt video gamey last night. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. And I, I, I get it. I understand that when different trends arise in different sports, it takes a while for people to come around on it. I mean, hell, it took a lot of people a long time to come around on a three-point line being placed on the floor in the NBA and in college basketball. A shot clock. Some thought that that was uh, a, 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 a black mark on the sport. Like, I get it. I understand. But you've seen teams over the last five years, the percentage of them going for it on fourth down throughout a four-quarter game has absolutely peaked. I mean, we're talking trying to summit Everest type of graphs. And increases in numbers. Okay, so this isn't going away. We just saw it on a national scale last night in a game that was for a division championship. And I think that's why it's become such a sensitive topic today. But I still, I like being aggressive and I like being unconventional. And I like trying to take advantage of my weapons when I have them. And the Chargers sure as bleep have weapons. Boy, do they ever. And it just didn't work out last night. That's not to say it's not going to work out in the playoffs. Let's head back to Wellington. That's where Justin is. What's up, Justin? Hey, um, kind of like what the other caller said, but I want to use it differently. I would say there's a fine line between being brave and stupid, and I think that's what the Chargers were last night. What was at stake was first place in the AFC West. If Bill Belichick was coaching that team, they would have took the nine points that was left out on the field. Yeah. That's uh, all I got to say. Yeah, yeah, he would have, and that's fine. I also hate watching the Patriots play. Like, I mean, Evan would say, yeah, damn right. Nah, nah. Though I think Evan liked the fourth down decisions too. But, eh, I nah, don't, don't say, well, Belichick would have done that because you know what? I don't, I don't, no, no. Fine, fine. Yes, fine. He would have he taken the nine points and he would have won the game and we would have said, boy, that nap felt good. Okay. And you know what's going to be the way to beat the Patriots in the postseason? Is fourth down decisions like Brandon Staley made last night. That's the way the Patriots are going to get knocked out in the playoffs, is by a team getting aggressive. So Bill Belichick may have taken the points, but that's also how you're going to beat Bill Belichick in the postseason. 
Why did the Chargers lose last night? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Greenway, Kia, West Palm Beach. I was talking about the traffic. I just feel fortunate that I have that outstanding car that is massively fuel efficient. Both city miles and highway mileage because the highway mileage is quickly turning into city mileage with all of the backups and the red brake lights that you're seeing on 95 in the turnpike here during this holiday season in South Florida. And I got that Kia K5 GT at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. That car buying experience is second to none. They have a credit clinic on site. Bank reps are there. They're going to make sure they find the financing that makes you comfortable. Not the financing that you're going to have to settle for, but the financing that makes you feel comfortable on a monthly basis so you can drive your Kia, your family Kia, your sporty Kia, your fuel-efficient Kia, stress-free. That's Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. George, Mike over there, they flat-out rule. Go say hi to them. Tell them I said hi. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. Greenway Kia, go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Check out that selection, GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. When we return, we'll talk more about last night's epic Chargers game, that Chargers lost, the Chiefs win in overtime, and why the Chargers lost. Are you for or against going forward on fourth down as many times as Brandon Staley did? Also, we'll play some Bud Light Weekend Warriors. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's what we'll do when we come back, in fact. And uh, Friday Night Lights, I just want to make sure, running back edition this week, right? Because we had quarterbacks last week. It's a running back edition of Weekend Warriors where we are going to put up the remaining Top five highest scoring, projected scoring fantasy running backs for this week in the NFL. You're going to call. You're going to pick one. If you get the, the player who eventually has the highest fantasy point total when we tabulate everything early next week, you have a $100 gift card to a local establishment courtesy of Bud Light. Weekend Warriors coming up. Let's fill up the lines. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. It's a tradition. It's Weekend Warriors presented by Bud Light. And it's next. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. About to play some Weekend Warriors here on Ken Lavica Live. It's our twist on fantasy and fantasy football, by the way. The listening to the show, it could be considered a fantasy as well. Uh, by the way, tomorrow's the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, Western Kentucky App State. It'll be here on ESPN 106.3, but get out there. 11 a.m. FAU Stadium for tickets. RoofClaimBocaRatonBowl.com. That's RoofClaimBocaRatonBowl.com. You don't want to miss it because this is going to be fun. We're talking about two of the better group of five teams that are out there, including the best offense in the nation in Western Kentucky. I saw them absolutely clobber Florida Atlantic a couple of weeks ago. And Bailey Zappi, their quarterback, is the real deal. I mean, he is absolutely ridiculous, throwing it all over the place. So make sure to get out to the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl tomorrow, 11 a.m. FAU Stadium, roofclaimbocaratonbowl.com. That's roofclaimbocaratonbowl.com. And this holiday season, make sure that you're at PGA Tour Superstore to find a gift for a loved one in your life. PGA Tour Superstore has three locations. Thank you, Stone. Palm Beach Gardens, Delray, and Plantation. Find gifts for every player on your list this holiday season at PGA Tour Superstore. PGA Tour Superstore, home for golf pros and beginners. The largest selection in golf club shoes, apparel, and more. Certified club fitters fit any club in the store. And if you need to improve your game, you can gift yourself some time with the PGA Tour Superstore certified teaching professional. Become a master of the links right there at PGA Tour Superstore. That's awesome. Their holiday gift guide is right on their website, PGATourSuperstore.com. Family-style gifts, gifts for the beginners, new to the game, gifts for pro golfers, gifts for the techies, like a GPS unit or a swing analyzer. Now that is badass. I can see Friday Night Lights is nodding his head right now. That's what he's getting for Christmas. Not for me, uh, but uh, the Labanowitz family, if you're listening. Uh, you can even shop lessons and services or give the gift that always fits a gift card, of course, at PGA Tour Superstore, PGA Superstore.com. 
All right, let's get into some fantasy football. Weekend Warriors, running back edition. Here are the rules. Listen closely. I'm not repeating them. I am about to give you the names of the five highest projected fantasy scoring running backs in the NFL this week. You, when I bring you in, are going to pick one of those five names. As soon as you select one of those names, he is off the board. If we hit Tuesday and we tabulate the scores and the player that had the most points of the five that I mentioned, that caller that selected that NFL player will win a $100 gift card to O'Shea's Irish Pub in West Palm Beach, courtesy of Bud Light. And that is how you play Bud Light Weekend Warriors. So, without any further ado, let's get to the names that we'll be selecting from. We'll start with the Vikings. Dalvin Cook, he is at Chicago. Jonathan Taylor, Colts, at home against the Patriots. Nick Chubb, he might be the only offensive player left. Browns hosting the Raiders. Najee Harris of the Steelers, home against the Titans. Leonard Fournette of the Buccaneers, he is at home against the Saints. Cook, Taylor, Chubb, Harris, Fournette. I understand that we are seeing COVID numbers and lots of positive cases every day in the NFL. There's no guarantee that these guys are actually going to make it the Sunday the way things are going, but that is where we're living right now. That's the situation we're in. So my sincerest apologies if you pick a player and he tests positive for COVID before the weekend actually comes. None of these players right now are facing COVID restrictions. That could change in two hours. It could change in two minutes, but this is what it is. Cook, Taylor. Taylor, Chubb, Harris, and Fournette. Let's get to the phones. We still have a slot remaining, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Let's start in West Palm with Michael. Michael, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, or Leonard Fournette, sir? I'm going to go with playoff Lenny Fournette. Let's man. go. Michael's going with the playoff man himself. Appreciate you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, let's head to Palm Beach. That's where Shane is. What's up, Shane? Let me reset it for you, okay? Uh, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris. Who do you want? I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. All right. Dalvin Cook is Shane's. Shane, appreciate you. Let's head now to Stewart. That's where Ryan is. Ryan, you've got Taylor, Chubb, Harris. I'm going to stick with a hot hand and go Jonathan Taylor. All right, Jonathan Taylor. That is a very good selection and appreciate you. Thank you. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We have one more slot remaining, and it is going to be Walter to finish us off because, again, we don't have five participants. We have four because Stone is our final participant, and he presents the hurdle. If he wins Weekend Warriors, this gift card carries over. Want to know why? Because you have to earn it on this show. Walter, you are down to Nick Chubb and Najee Harris. Who do you want, sir? Uh, give me uh, Najee Harris. Najee Harris is going to Walter. Walter, good job, my friend. Appreciate it. And that means that Stone is getting Nick Chubb. Now, here's why this is surprising. Because you are going to have, in all likelihood, a quarterback who just got signed by the Browns play and start on Sunday against Vegas. Nick Chubb is the only offensive weapon the Browns are going to have. He's going to get 30-something carries in this game for a guy who's already a workhorse. I don't know. I like Stone's chances. I like the chances that O'Shea's Irish Pub might be on the uh, might be on the docket next week as well for uh, for Bud Light Weekend Warriors. But that is another edition of Bud Light Weekend Warriors, and we appreciate you for playing as always. So again, it's Shane. He takes Dalvin Cook. Ryan has Jonathan Taylor, Walter, Najee Harris, and Michael going with Leonard Fournette. Uh, hey, Ballpark of the Palm Beach, the single-game tickets are on sale now, including uh, access to the 360-degree concourse. Uh, the the Mets are coming down six different times during spring training in Grapefruit League play. You have the Red Sox coming in. You have the Yankees coming in. Of course, the Ballpark of the Palm Beaches is the spring training home of the American League champion Houston Astros, the former world champion Washington Nationals, and what an attractive spring training slate it is. And let me tell you about the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. There's not a bad seat at that place, and it's awesome. 
to go out there, have a beer, play hooky from work, enjoy spring training. Make sure to get your single game tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Make sure that you get your tickets. Make sure you make your plans to be out there. I am confident it is going to happen. Forget labor strife. Think about how good it feels to have the sun on your face. That's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Single game tickets are on sale now at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Uh, so, again, roofclaim.com, Boca Tumble tomorrow, FAU Stadium at 11 a.m. We're going to have uh, a COVID rot NFL this Sunday. We're going to have uh, college football bowl games. The NBA has players going into protocols, multiple players every single day. And so what it's sort of coming down to, before we wrap it up, what it's coming down to is that we're going to need to see adjustments made. And the NFL passed down a memo yesterday that said that they are going to ramp up testing, that they are going to uh, continue to put restrictions and put more restrictions on players and uh, how often and uh, the, the circumstances in which they can be out in public. They're going to have to be masked even if they're vaccinated around the facility. That's all good and well, but I'm not sure now what that's going to curb. And what's that going to help? We're too far in now. All of these facilities, there are eight facilities that have gone into intensive COVID protocols in the NFL. You have massive names that are not going to play Sunday. The entire Dolphins running back room, Jalen Waddell, is likely not going to play now. You're going to have to put two in bubble wrap and not even bring him into the facility if you want him to play against the Jets on Sunday. Listen, I live in the college sports world. I'm the play-by-play voice of FAU. The way the NCAA has gone about its testing, maybe it's not the most ideal, but if you want to look at it from a business standpoint, it is. If you're vaccinated, and you know what? Fine. Mandate that these players need boosters now. I'm all for it. I'm good with that. I'm all for boosters. I got mine. Life is good. Boosters, statistically, work. Even against Omicron. Okay? But it's getting to a point, and I don't care if the players' unions don't like it. There's no compromising here. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to test unless they have symptoms. If you're not vaccinated, get in here every day and get that swab in the nose. That's how it's going to have to work. If you want to continue to play games and have teams at their fullest potential, not having to stop the season, which looks like it might have to happen, at least in the NBA, the NFL will never, they're just going to try and bowl through this new cloud of COVID. You're going to have to adopt the NCAA model. It's becoming increasingly clear. Because this ain't it. The old protocols, the revised protocols, this ain't it. You need to reward the guys who took the plunge and took advantage of the health benefit in front of them. And it's time to start making the unvaccinated players uncomfortable again. Because they're a big reason why we're back in this spot. Okay? That's what's going to have to happen. Adopt the NCAA model. Is it the greatest For overall health, maybe not. Is it the best for business and it's doing what it can for overall health? Absolutely. It's the best option. That'll do it for us this week. What a busy week this was. Great show today, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. Great work as well. The Boca Raton Bowl, roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl tomorrow. I'll be broadcasting live from FAU Stadium at 9 a.m. with Theo Dorsey. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.